Hi everyone, welcome to Lifestyle of a Gay Black Boy. I am your host, and today my name is going to be Subaru Natsuki, um, because I feel like we are in a time loop that never ends. So, Subaru Natsuki, if you don't know who that is, I suggest that you look up the show. It's a great anime. ReZero, Starting Life in a New World great anime check it out i'm pretty sure you'll like it especially if you feel like we are in an endless time loop of the craziness that's going on uh right now but before we get started if you want to interact with the show feel free to do so on all of the socials at lifestyle of a gay black boy um feel free to message me tag me and shit ask me questions drop a topic that maybe you want me to discuss or if you happen to see a news story or something where you want my opinion on it Go ahead and send it over to me. I will gladly look into it um, because one of the things I'm going to talk about today was actually sent to me by a listener. And I truly appreciate you for sending it over to me because we're going to talk about it. Um, Well, I'm going to talk about it and I hope you all start a conversation because it'll be great to hear. Um, Also, if you want to reach out to me by email, feel free to do so at lifestylegbb at gmail.com. I'll be sure to read your emails, I'll read your DMs, I'll read your comments and everything. And in honor of Memorial Day, I will give y'all 25 curse words to hurl at me. Now, I'm probably going to stop after the third, but 25 is what you can have in your email because I'll hand it off to somebody else to read and then I'll have them let me know what's happening. Now, if you want to be anonymous, they won't see your email. Um, I'll only see it. And if you want to be anonymous, I can keep you anonymous. I can keep you so anonymous, you'll look like Joe Biden wearing a face mask and sunglasses. Nobody will know who you are except some very awkward looking gangly man at an event. And I'm not mad at it. Um, but it's up to you. I can keep you honest or not. You just send in your content and I'll be happy to talk about it. Thank y'all for listening to the show. Um, we did reach a milestone that I want to talk about real quickly. Um, the milestone that we reached and we all did this together is 15,000 downloads and listens. Uh, to the podcast. And I'm very, very happy about that. So thank you because without you, this is not something I can do. If you like the show, if you don't like the show, comment, rate it on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Share it with your friends, your neighbors, people you don't like, people you do like. Maybe my voice is traumatizing and you want to traumatize somebody else's eardrums. Feel free to do so. Have them come listen to this voice and fuck up their day. Uh, but that's all I've got for the opening here, y'all. So we're going to just get into this episode because I have some things that I do want to talk about. And I feel like these things are important things, especially in our day and age that we're in. So we're going to get to one of the big things first. Um, and that's restrictions are being lifted slowly or not slowly, depending on where you live throughout the United States. Um, There have been 18 states so far that have reported a rise in coronavirus infections, which is expected. Um, For my people out there who may be freaking out, like, oh my gosh, it's getting crazy again. The virus spike is going back up. It's expected that there's going to be a second wave. And as we get people out into the world, 
who maybe were asymptomatic, which means they had no symptoms, or may be a carrier who they just carry the virus, but it doesn't actually infect their bodies. Um, those people are still out there. We haven't tested everybody in America, so we don't really know the full scale of how many people are infected as opposed to how many people are not infected. And then that also includes the people who are asymptomatic or just carriers who are not adversely affected by the virus. So the rise in 18 states in the United States is actually less than I thought it was going to be. I mean, especially with it being Memorial Day weekend, I thought there would be more a plethora more of infections. Now, this came from CNN in their newsroom that the 18 states that reported higher infections, they did start around this time of the Memorial Day weekend and kind of just went through. Um, But again, like I said, it it is expected that there's going to be a rise in infections. Um, Infectious diseases like this, let's go back to the Spanish flu, or even SARS, um, we caught them. We saw it was a problem. They kind of dwindled and went away. And then there was this reoccurrence of infections that happened. And it's expected. It's going to happen. One of the things that I do want to bring up about this, though, that I personally feel is great is, one, 18 states is a lot less than 50 states. So good there, including our territories. Um, But one thing I was super concerned about was Africa and what was going to happen if the coronavirus went through African uh, countries. Because we know the continent of Africa has been considered one of the poorest continents in the world. um, And that's due to the history of things that have happened as far as taking from Africa. But uh, I just think about my own self. This happened, I want to say a few weeks ago, when I was just thinking and I had a conversation with a friend about how the coronavirus is affecting different countries and different states and different people of all socioeconomic levels. And I was super afraid, like, what if this virus hits Africa the same way it's hitting the United States of America, or if it's hitting um, the U- the United Kingdom or Italy the same way. You know, you just think about it because in African countries, because a lot of the population is poor, um, healthcare isn't the most readily available thing. Healthcare for some people is very traumatizing. Um, Africa and different countries inside of the African continent have actually been used as testing grounds for certain medications vaccinations, things like this, resulting in hurt, harm, and death of the people who live there. So healthcare to them has already been a traumatizing thing. I mean, let's already talk about the AIDS epidemic going through fucking Africa. Even now, still, treatments have gotten better, but AIDS is still a very high killer of people of African descent who live in the African continent. So now thinking this new virus, coronavirus is coming out, it's like, what the fuck? This is about to get really bad. But I'm happy to say that that is not the truth. In Africa, the coronavirus is there, but the response and the death toll is so much different than it is in America. In America, we're considered a first world country. A lot of countries in Africa 
and this is me just generalizing, have been considered third world countries. Third world would be where maybe the readily accessible things that we have here, electricity, food, water, sanitation, those kinds of things are considered not as readily available in a third world country. But I am so happy that I got to read the story today. And it came from The Guardian, um, which personally, I think The Guardian is a great news outlet. They are a part of the Associated Press, so you know that you're getting verified news. But still do your research. Um, The Guardian reported on two countries inside of Africa that had have both had had very creative approaches to the virus. And the death toll is very low. So one country, Senegal. Senegal is developing a COVID-19 testing kit that would cost $1 per patient. Um, The hope is that they can get accurate results of antibodies and antigens via the saliva within 10 minutes. And this would hopefully detect current and previous infections. Now, one of the reasons why that is so important to know that one, they're making test kits that cost $1 per person. Senegal is a poor country. Um, They don't have the money or infrastructure to do 600 million tests or whatever, and I'm just throwing the number out there, like we would do here in the United States, and those tests cost an arm and a leg. And with that being said, they came up with this plan that is meant to save money so that the test can be accessible to everybody in the country. And then on top of that, making the test readily available so that way anybody who needs a test can get a test. Now, Senegal, with their COVID-19 response, they started their response in January, as soon as the first international case and alert of the virus went out. Take that into comparison, the United States, we didn't start until the middle of March. A country on a continent that is considered third world, behind the times, poor, full of black people, started their response two months before, and I say this in air quotes, the greatest country in the world. And because they started their response two months before, they did have infections. In a country full of 16 million people, only 30 deaths have been reported from COVID-19. Now, read that to the opposite. Here in the United States, I think we just broke the 100,000 death mark. In the United Kingdom, they have more than 35,000 people dead. In a country that we consider poor and that is often talked down on, I mean, we've heard the rhetoric that's said by people who happen to just be in power at this time. But in a country where their means are far less than ours, only 30 people have died. And they started their response to this virus back in January. Just let that sink in. Just let that sink in. Now, the same thing is happening in Ghana. Ghana is another country inside of Africa. And they have a population of about 30 million people. They have the similar death toll of Senegal. Um, So there's so many things that are happening here. This country in Ghana, I'm sorry, this country in Ghana. Ghana, which is a country in Africa, 
um, with their population being so high, you would expect there to be more deaths. Now, I don't have the actual number for their deaths. Um, I will hopefully look into it. But a study that was done by the World Health Organization noticed that they were doing something as one of their innovative techniques called pool testing. And that is when multiple blood samples are tested, then followed up with individual tests only if a positive result is found. So take example like this. You get a bag of apples. That bag of apples that you bought from the store, you take them all out and you look at them and you inspect them. You wash them off. And then let's just so happen, say you see an apple that looks rotten or maybe it looks like it's been eaten up by worms or bugs. So you take that one apple out of the bunch, you cut it open and you see, okay, this has definitely been destroyed. This is not a good apple for me to eat. As a part of that group, that same bag was in that bag of apples with those other apples. Now I'm going to go through and I'm going to closely inspect and check each one of those apples to see if they are also infected or if they are good to go. That's what pool testing is that was done in Ghana. And they've had a great response from that. They had a great response from that by finding people who were infected, isolating them, and then also going out with a tracking team who tracked that person's interactions as far back as they could to test anybody that they came in contact with or who came into contact with objects, food, or things or around that vicinity of the person who was infected. It's very beautiful to see. It is very, very, very beautiful to see. Now, this is just two countries that I pulled out in Africa who have had a great response to COVID and are knowing what to do and how to keep their population safe. It's scary to me that they started in January in Senegal and we waited till March, but the person who happens to be renting the right house right now just is not that good of a person. Let's just be honest about it. Um, Now, also in Africa, the country of Madagascar, there are reports that they are working on a cure. Um, They have did some testing. There have been some human trials, but as of yet, it's not reported as a cure. But the National Academy of Medicine, which is inside of Madagascar, is reporting that they have had some mild success and promising leads that a vaccination or cure could be in the works. Um, If that is the case, I am very happy about it. You know what, Senegal, I'll support you. I'm not sorry, Senegal, Madagascar, I will support all of you and I stand for you. So that's just a little bit of the corona news that I wanted to give out. Um, It's always good to know what's happening around the world and especially with our family members, which I call them, who live in other countries like Africa, South America, well, Africa's a continent. I don't know why I keep saying countries, but countries inside of Africa, South America, places where people of color live that you don't typically hear what's happening in these scenarios. You know, we hear a lot about what happens in the countries that are predominantly white. And I'm just going to take that from a standpoint of the news, mainstream news, alternative news, 
they can both follow along those same lines where the reporting that we hear of what's going on with the coronavirus is countries that are predominantly white. But I have yet to actually see a report on the news myself. Now, maybe they're out there, but I just have not seen it myself. An African country or a country that is predominantly black or people of color. I haven't seen those like on the news talking about their success rates of the virus. So that's just my little soapbox for a minute. I just want to stand on. But now I want to talk about something that also has to do when it comes to coronavirus. But this is going to be the interactions that we've seen on the news and media now that things are being laxed. So one of the things that I want to talk about this, and this is from my own hometown here in Rochester, New York. Um, There's a beach here. It's called Charlotte Beach. A lot of people go there. It's on the bus line. It's easy to get to. Um, It's definitely not a beach. It's like just a bathtub full of dirty water that's surrounded by sand. It's gross. I would never get in that water. But the beach itself is nice to go to and walk on. It's a park. Now, at the beach yesterday, there was a fight that occurred. And this is one fight out of an entire day of a beach full of hundreds of people. But of course, the one negative thing is the one that gets pushed up into the forefront of people's minds in the news media. Um, This fight, I don't know the details of it. I've only seen the video and it shows one man being jumped by a few other people. People are running around, recording with their cameras, screaming and yelling, like always when there's a fight that occurs. Now, a lot of the people in the video are black, but there are a lot of white people at that beach too. And I want to make that very clear because what I'm going to comment on has to do with the racial undertones of the comments from the video. So, of course, I was on my timeline today on my Explore page. I don't know why the fuck I opened any of my socials. But first thing in the morning, I opened it up and, of course, first thing I see is this fight from Charlotte Beach. And in the comments, I see people using the terms they're acting like animals. They complain that they're getting arrested. They complain that police don't treat them fair. Um, People aren't thinking about the police and how they're having to deal with this and just going left and right. Now, all these comments that were there were from people who were white. That's it. And reading their comments, some of their comments, you could just feel the racial undertone in it. You could feel it. Um, One of the comments that was posted, and I'm not going to read it word for word. I'm just going to sum it up. It essentially said, they get mad when the police come and attack them and say that they're acting like animals, but the video shows the real proof. Essentially calling the people in the video animals, saying that that term is correct for them. It's not. The term is not correct for them. Yes, there were black people fighting in this video, but let's not forget that white people and people of all colors, races, creeds, orientations, and whatever you want to call yourself, fight. There's videos of everybody fighting out there. There's videos of tons of people fighting. And the thing that annoys me the most is the representation that's put behind it, that this is something that only happens when groups of black people get together. That groups of black people can't be around each other because they're going to fight and there's going to be violence, which is not true. Not true at all. Another thing for my people who are listening in Rochester, New York, or if you are familiar with the upstate New York area, let's not forget that just last year at the Park Avenue Festival, which the Park Avenue Festival is a festival that occurs on the street 
where different vendors sell art, food, music, all kinds of things on Park Avenue in Rochester, New York. Park Avenue is a predominantly white neighborhood and the attendees to this festival are predominantly white. Last year at the festival, there was a massive fight, which also included the police. And the individuals in this fight were white people throwing cans of beer and other objects at the police, fighting each other and fighting the police. But not a single one of them was arrested. Not a single one of them was assaulted. Not a single one of them faced any kind of charge or prosecution. Just let that sink in. Because we know after there's a fight slash riot or something that happens in a black neighborhood, you'll see 72 people sitting on the street corner getting arrested and charged with assault when they were the ones who got punched in the face by a police officer for just having their phone in their hand. But I digress there. Um, But it's just something I want to just put into perspective. We've got these Karens, Brads, Brodericks, and everything out here fighting left and right. But for them, they were just settling a dispute. It was just a lapse in judgment for a moment. But as soon as Black people start fighting, oh, they're animalistic. They're aggressive in their nature. This is what we see. This is what is reported. This is what is on television. This is what is engulfing social media. And I just want to ask people to stop it. You know, it's so easy to call somebody an animal because you can use that term to look at them as less than human. And then when you start looking people as less than human and dehumanizing them, then things like the Holocaust and slavery and internment camps... These are the things that start to happen when you start to look people as less than. And that's what you're doing when you post these things in these videos and make these comments about us being animals. That's not the case at all. That video, again, shows one minute. uh, Literally, I think the video is a minute long. It shows one minute of a 24-hour interaction of people on a beach who, one, weren't social distancing anyways. So if you want to talk about the safety of everybody there, everybody was in danger, who also were there to enjoy themselves. So let's talk again about danger. If everybody's there to enjoy themselves, of course, there's going to be a bad apple that happens every now and then, but other people were not in danger. So it's just something that just set on my mind, annoyed the shit out of me. I don't know why I got on my timeline and started tripping about this shit, but I got on it. Okay, so another thing that I want to address that was on my timeline, um, this has to do with a woman named Amy Cooper. All right, Amy, we're going to talk about you for just a second. Um, Because Amy Cooper, she is the latest in the line of Karens and cell phone heroes. We'll call them that. You know, I'll call you a cell phone hero who calls the police on black people who weren't doing anything, who didn't do anything wrong at all. So if you're not familiar with the story, this happened in Central Park in New York. Um, A woman, Amy Cooper, who is white, called the police on a black man after he approached her and asked her to put her dog on a leash. 
She was in the park with her dog, who was not leashed at the time. And the individual, the black man, who was named Christian Cooper, who approached her and asked her to put the dog on a leash, asked her to do so because he was bird watching and her loose dog running around was going to scare the birds away so he couldn't watch the birds. After asking her to do that, she immediately became defensive and she threatened to call the police on Christian and said that when she called the police, she was going to say, there is an African-American man threatening my life. Now, Karen Cooper, I'm sorry, Amy Cooper, went on to call the police and do exactly what she said. She said that an African-American man was threatening her in the park and she was scared for her life. Now, if you've seen the video, Mr. Christian Cooper is standing a good, if I gauge it, six to ten feet away from her and her dog, is calmly recording, is not screaming or yelling, and is actually encouraging her to call the police. So, I don't I didn't see the rest of the video. I don't know if the police actually showed up. I do know that Mr. Christian Cooper was not arrested. He was not attacked and he made it out with his life, which is a very rare circumstance when it comes to black people having the cops called on them by white people. An arrest is the least of the things that does happen. So, Mr. Cooper, I want to applaud you for catching this Karen on camera doing the crazy things she was doing and saying the things she was saying. Now, Miss Amy Cooper works, and I hope I'll be able to use that in the past tense soon, as worked for Benjamin... uh, It's a finance company. Benjamin something. I'm sorry, not Benjamin. Franklin Templeton. I was thinking Benjamin Franklin because Benjamin Franklin is their logo. But Franklin Templeton is what she works, well, worked for. After this video was posted online, which this video occurred yesterday, Franklin Templeton from their Twitter posted that we take these matters very seriously. We do not condone racism of any kind. While we are in the process of investigating the situation, the employee involved has been put on administrative leave. Also, her dog has been surrendered to the shelter that he was adopted from years earlier while the dispute is being addressed. Um, And this is the Abandoned Angels Cocker Spaniel Rescue Incorporated. Um, They said in a post on their own page, the dog is now in our rescue's care and he is safe and in good health. Now, I just have to say, I find this to be so lovely. So, 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 so lovely. First, Amy, dogs are supposed to be on leashes. That's just across the board in many public parks that a dog is supposed to be on a leash. Now, if you're in a dog park, dogs aren't supposed to be on leashes because that park is meant for dogs. This park is meant for people with and without dogs to come and enjoy. So I don't know what your dog's got going on. Let's not forget that dogs can carry COVID, which we don't know if it can be transferred over to humans yet. But I don't want your dog just running loose near me. On top of that, I'm trying to watch birds. If I'm trying to watch birds, how can I watch a bird when Fido is over here running around chasing said motherfucking bird? 
I don't understand what the concept is that's so hard there to get into your head. On top of that, you are out here with your dog, not on a leash, and you have been politely asked to put the dog back on the leash. You had the leash in your hand. There was nothing wrong with that. Now, I do want to give the full information. After Christian did ask her to put the dog on a leash, she put the dog on the leash at some point and he stopped recording. But then the dog was back off the leash when the core recording continued. So she had the nerve to do that. Then on video, like I said before, she threatened to call the cops and say that an African-American man was threatening her life. She picked up the phone and she did so. This is where the video itself for me stops because I no longer continued watching. I was enraged to see that this is literally what she was doing. She said he was threatening her life and he never did anything like that. Now, again, I'm not a lawyer, um, but that sounds like false reporting to me. So I hope that there will be some legal retributions against her. They are well-deserved. But she then released a statement apologizing. Now, she gave the good old Karen apology. Um, there was probably some white woman tears while she was writing it that she's the victim and everybody should be sad for her. But one of the things that she said was that she did not realize the luxury she had in place that when the police are called, black people are often hurt or killed, but she would be fine. Now, she said that she did not understand that. She did not get that. Your statement, sweetheart, of I'm going to call the police and say an African man, an African-American man is threatening my life clearly shows different that you fucking knew. You knew if you called the police and said that my life was being threatened by an African-American man, that they were going to pull up guns ready to shoot the shit out of this man and turn him into Swiss cheese so you could go home and have your brie and crackers and a little bit of wine with your dog and talk about how you did great things today, Karen. That is what was going to happen. That is what you expected to happen. If you didn't know that calling the police on black people turns into a very negative situation for the black people involved, you would have never said, I'm going to say an African-American man is threatening my life. You would have just said, I'm calling the police. A man is threatening my life. African-American had nothing to do with it. If that was the case, if you didn't realize that calling the police on black people always turns into a negative person, I'm sorry, negative consequence for the black person involved, you would have never threatened to call the police in the first place. You know what you would have done? You would have put the leash on your dog and you would have walked away. You would have gone to someplace else in the park and took the leash off your dog there like any other person would have done. It's not hard. It's not hard at all. You are racist. Your racism came out in that phone call and you're upset that you got called on it. You didn't have on your KKK mask. You didn't even have on your surgical mask. You didn't even have on a mask to protect yourself from COVID. But your KKK mask just got revealed, girl. It just got revealed. You thought they were going to come and string this nigger up from a tree when you really saw that your racism and bigotry got exposed to the world. Now you're on administrative leave, which I hope turns into a firing from your job and your dog's gone. I bet you're mad, sis.
I bet you're mad. I bet you're sitting in your apartment and you're mad or you're probably out to brunch trying to create your new apology for discrimination. Whatever you do, sis, I just hope that one day you eat an omelet and there's broken eggshells inside of it. That's what I hope happens for you. I hope that you are so mildly inconvenienced that one day it just pushes you to the edge and you decide to move out of the fucking country. I hope that you have the most inconvenient life for the rest of your life. Seriously, I hope you drop your toothbrush in the toilet. Stupid bitch. All right, we're going to take a little break and we'll be back. All right, y'all, I am back. And let's get into more of this ridiculousness and this mess. You know what? I am going to recommend for everybody out there, if you are stressed, don't go on social media. Um, If you don't want to be annoyed, don't go on social media. (laughs) My explore page explosion was re-fucking-doculous and just going through these things. I'm looking at them now. I'm like, I can't believe that this is literally something um, that we have to deal with these days. So the next thing I want to talk about, um, this is going to be, this is a touchy subject for some people. And if you don't like it, I would love to hear what you have to say, because I would love to hear people's mindsets behind this. Um, On the social, I ended up not retweeting, uh, reposting this picture myself with my own comment under it. But the picture itself, it's of a Disney princess who I'm assuming is Cinderella. I'm still new to Disney. Um a young black boy and his black mother. Uh, The Disney princess, she is on her knees and she was actually putting a slipper on the young black boy's foot. And there's a banner above them that says boys can be princesses too. And then the mother is dragging her son away by the t-shirt collar. Obviously he's in distress. And she says, I'm so sick of this mess, not my son. And she has a belt in her hand. This post itself, when I first saw this picture, literally made me nauseous. I was nauseated in my stomach from seeing this because this post itself, it glorifies parental trauma. I just want you to let that sink in. It glorifies parental trauma. We all have been traumatized on a daily basis. I mean, just waking up in our world with social media is trauma. It's just trauma. That's all it is. But trauma can be caused by people who even do things with the intent of loving us. Now, this picture just literally struck me in the center of my chest because, one, it's a black family that this is happening to, and I know exactly what this child will be feeling in this moment. Children don't know about sexuality. Children, young children, don't understand the hateful messages and speech out there about people just because of who they love. Children don't know that. What children know is happy memories. Disney movies, going to the park, playing with their friends, playing with a bunch of toys, using their imagination. What children know is that 
this moment in my life when I saw this Disney movie was something super happy. And now I have one of the main characters from the movie here spreading the joy that gave her so much joy in the movie with me. That's all that they know. A parent who has been taught homophobia, a parent who has seen the bad things that happen to gay people in society, they are reacting off of the knowledge that they've gained in their life. That does not make it okay. The things that speak volumes to me in this picture are one, if you didn't want your son to participate in this, you could have calmly took his hand and walked away with him and just said that this isn't for us right now. The fact that this mother is yoking up her son by the t-shirt, which is choking him, and has a belt in her hand. Bitch, who the fuck are you about to use this belt on? Are you about to beat your child because your child was just trying to have fun? Are you about to beat the Disney princess? Because if you want to smoke with her, she's behind you now that you're dragging your son away. The only thing you're going to do with that belt is say you're going to beat the gay out of your son. That's what is going to happen. This is not parenting. This is trauma and abuse. Now, because I've been in a situation like this, I know that this child is going to be fucked in the head for their entire life. When we have our black men out here who people say are down low or lie and treat you like a dog or have a beard or fucking all their homeboys and all these things, this is the situation that creates it. When the person that they are genetically supposed to love hearts them, harms them, beats them, shames them for just doing something that would have made them happy, now they see you as the negative in the universe. I went through my own period of time after being traumatized by this kind of... uh, I hate to use the word parenting because to me, this is not parenting, but I was traumatized from this kind of thing. And my parents were just trying to do the best that they could with the tools and materials that they had. They wanted me to live a life where the less drama that there could be, the less people can attack me for. They've seen people getting attacked and gay bashed just because they're gay. My parents thought that they were doing something useful and helpful to me by having these kinds of reactions when I would pick up a girl's toy, and I say that in air quotes, a doll, or a dress, or sit in a way, and I'm saying all air quotes with this, sit like a woman, or I was very effeminate. They did this because they were going off the knowledge that people who were doing what I was doing, again, parentheses, I'm sorry, air quotes, because I was a child, They see how those adults were attacked and hurt and harmed and the hate and vitriol that went towards them. The problem here is, if you want to teach your child to be happy and love themselves, you cannot project the same hate, vitriol, and intolerance that is demonstrated towards people who are of the community that you're hating and expect that to encourage your child to never be there. 
You can't say I'm beating you because you were playing with a girl's toy and then expect me to be like, oh, okay, I can't play with girl's toys, which means I can't be gay because then I'm going to get a whooping if I'm gay. Do Do you see how these don't line up? It makes no fucking sense. Now, for me, in this child's place in this picture, the only thing that I'm thinking is that I can't wait to be old enough to get away from this woman. I can't wait to be old enough that I never have to talk to this woman ever again. I can't wait to be old enough to know that she's going to pass away. And once she's gone, all of my troubles of being insecure with my life are also gone. That is what this picture generates for me. And it speaks volumes to me that this is a Black family that this is happening to because it happens predominantly in Black families. Um, If you've seen even shows like Pose where Black kids were kicked out of their houses just for being gay, beat up, threatened by their own families just for being gay. And then the family, years down the line, is all like, well, I don't understand why they don't want to be around us. Because you abused me over and over and over again. And that is exactly what's happening in this picture. And it happens the same in white families too, in Asian, Latino, all kinds of families, people of color, white people. This happens in all kinds of families because this traumatization of somebody who is gay, people think that if you beat them or you traumatize them, they'll see that being gay is just bad and switch over to being straight. It does not work that way, people. It does not work that way at all. Now, a great response to this would have been if the child stood up and was like, no, I'm not going with you. I just want to do something that makes me happy. That would be amazing. Um, But another part of it that really stuck out to me is that this picture was reposted by a Black person who said that this was the right thing to do. One of these dumbass hoteps out here posted that crap and made it seem like that this is how you treat a child who is gay. Or if you treat a child who you even think is gay, this boy might not have anything to do with wanting to be gay. He might just like Disney princesses. There's nothing wrong with that. Unfortunately, this is a common occurrence that still happens in our country and I hate it. I hate seeing it. And I hope all of you, in air quotes, parents that do this shit to your kids learn quickly because if you don't learn quickly you're going to be left in the dust wondering why your child hates you and I can only imagine how bad that has to be the fact that your child hates you I mean imagine you're on your deathbed and on your deathbed is typically your family and your children who are there and your children are making the decision if you don't have a spouse who makes the decision Imagine sitting on your deathbed and knowing that your child is only sitting there waiting to be able to pull the plug. That's it. Not talking to you. No concern. Probably on their cell phone. Shit, if it was me, I'd probably be out in the hallway just chilling, waiting like, hey, y'all, is it time? Can we get this done? Just imagine that. Let that sink in if you're a parent. It can be very destructive to your children and parental trauma is a thing All right, y'all. Last thing I want to talk about. Um, This one, it was sent to me by a dear friend. Then I was also DM'd by a lot of people. And this one hurts. It's close to the core. It's very deep. It really pisses me off. Um, 
So, Doja Cat. Doja Cat. (laughs) So, if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen, Doja Cat um, is now a part of the cancel for cancel culture. Um, She has had videos come out of her on chat rooms that are meant for uh, white supremacists to get on and call black people niggers and get off to calling them niggers and uh, a few other things that have to do with lynching black people and some of her songs and lyrics have even been called into question because they make fun of police brutality against black people. Um, One of them, I forgot the song title, has to do with stringing a nigga up from a tree, you know, lynching them. Another song is called Do Nothing. Didn't Do Nothing. I'm sorry, Didn't Do Nothing, which is actually a phrase used by a lot of white supremacists and a lot of white supremacist police officers who will always say that a black suspect will say, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. That's what that song title's about. Um, I used to love Doja Cat. After researching and investigating myself, Doja Cat is now canceled for me. She is canceled. I want nothing to do with her because this is just unacceptable. And this activity has continued up into most recently two weeks ago from the last thing that I read. Now, the actions themselves, of course, things need to be investigated when they're on social media because we never know if we're getting the full story and we don't know if the truth is good or if the sensational lie is better. But my confirmation came when the apologies were released. First, a written statement by Doja Cat's team that obviously edited the apology to make it very PC and make it appealing and very PR correct. Um, her public representatives obviously took charge of this apology. Now, I'm not going to read it because I think it's bullshit. I mean, the reason why I think it's bullshit is she went on to uh, Instagram Live later after the apology was released and seemed more happy about the number of viewers and not actually starting the apology process. You know, an apology can always start with, I'm sorry for what I said. I know it was fucked up and I know my actions were fucked up. I'm sorry. There is no excuse for this behavior. And Doge, there is no excuse for your behavior. You have obviously made it clear that your racial ties are tied to a very negative place for you and negative representation for other people. You have clearly established that the fact that you like those chat rooms that you're in, those chat rooms that you use to socialize with people, to be called a nigger on and to call yourself a nigger and then make it okay for them to say the word nigger. It's obvious that you enjoyed it. You had fun with it. You loved it. You played with yourself while doing it. So these are things that made you happy. You are who you are. And at that point, I have to be who I am. And I cannot support somebody who does these kinds of things. Damn, she had good music. She really did. But I'm going to have to mute the girl. Um, Doge, you know what you could have been doing as opposed to hopping on these chat rooms? You could have learned to make guacamole. You could have learned that a flat iron is good for uh, coarse hair because a video emerged of her 
complaining about her hair and how much she hated how her kinky hair was. If you want to use a flat iron, use a flat iron. There are products to help you manage your hair and get it under control into the way that you like. You know what you could have also been doing? You could have been mopping your floors. You could have been doing your bed. You could have been ironing. You could have been eating chicken. You could have learned to take up veganism. You know what you also could have done? You could have just not ever jumped into these chat rooms with these people who obviously are racist. You know, there's one good thing that you could have done that I think every person in this world at some point just needs to know. Go to sleep. Go take a nap. Go lay the fuck down. Girl, you could have done all of that. But you chose, with all your predilections, to go into these racist chat rooms and have your way. And let the men have their way with you. (sighs) I won't be saying, bitch, I'm a cow anymore. I just won't be saying that anymore. Um, That was the last time it was getting said. But Doja... um, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope that you step on thumbtacks and hopefully your music won't be getting played anymore. (sighs) That's all I've got for y'all today. Just a little bit of my frustration and rant to get out about being on the damn internet. Fucking social. Social slipping, timeline tripping, and explore plage explosions. (sighs) But y'all, if you like the episode, if you like listening to me, please feel free to rate the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on and share it with your friends, family, neighbors. Just make sure you don't share it with Doja Cat. Um, Well, you know, you can share it with her because I want her to get all the smoke. I went very polite on her um, because she's already getting dragged enough. I do have to say I'm liking this dragging. But uh, if you want to interact with the show, feel free to reach to me on all the socials at lifestyle of gay black boy you can also do so through email at lifestylegbb at gmail.com and i'll be sure to get back to you and keep you anonymous if you want to be anonymous enjoy your week y'all be safe and make sure you're washing your hands and put on a mask